Galatians chapter 5 verses 16 to 23 So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So it's Pentecost Sunday. It's that day in the church calendar when we typically think about the coming of the Holy Spirit. In the narrative of the New Testament, this comes after the resurrection when Jesus has returned to his Father in heaven. He's ascended to heaven uh, and he's left instructions with the disciples that they're to wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes on them. The Holy Spirit will come with power to equip them for the mission to which they've been called. And this episode we normally read about in Acts chapter 2. Acts 2 has got some quite um, vivid and powerful imagery about the coming of the Holy Spirit. It speaks of uh, the Spirit coming with a sound like a violent wind. Tongues of fire sit on the heads of the disciples and they are enabled to speak in other languages so that all of their hearers from whatever part of the world that they come can hear the gospel spoken of in their own language. Um, the, the powerful rushing wind and the tongues of fire are images which are of course appropriate to describe uh, the coming of the Holy Spirit. We would expect that, wouldn't we? Because, of course, one of the things we believe about the Holy Spirit is that he inspired the writing of Scripture. So when Luke was sitting down writing uh, the book of Acts, he would have been inspired by the Holy Spirit um, to write things about the coming of the Spirit that are appropriate uh, and and right. So, so this imagery of the rushing wind, the roaring wind... Uh, and the tongues of fire is clearly appropriate for the coming of the Holy Spirit. And yet such is the power and the intensity of this imagery that sometimes it can actually make us back off a little from the Spirit. We, we think about the power of the Spirit and perhaps we wonder if we are ready for him to come into our lives. And when we think about some of the other teaching about the Holy Spirit that we see in the New Testament, particularly this, the teaching, for example, about the gifts of the Spirit, sometimes perhaps we're tempted to think that the Spirit is somehow uh, a little exotic, somehow outside our normal experience, uh, and we perhaps take a step backwards. I know for myself that 
whilst I obviously wouldn't claim to have any great familiarity with either the the Father or the Son, nevertheless of the three persons of the Trinity, it, it's probably the Spirit who is perhaps the, the, the most mysterious. Uh, and yet we can't afford, can we, not to have a, a good relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is one of the three persons of God. Uh, he is God. And if we, want to know, if we want to get to know God better, if we want to have a deep and intimate relationship with him, then we do need to get to know the Holy Spirit. So what I'd like to do uh, this morning is, is think through how we can get to know the Holy Spirit better. And I want to do that particularly uh, with relation to the passage that we've had read to us from Galatians 5, which culminates in these two quite well-known verses um, about the list of the, the fruits of the Spirit. So first of all, a bit of context. So um, this letter to the Galatians was written to a church which um, had within it both Gentile believers and uh, and Jewish believers. And the two groups got on quite well together most of the time. But there had come a point where the, the Jewish believers were saying to the uh, to the new Christians, the new Gentile believers, well, it's not it's not enough, they said, for you to be followers of Christ. You also need to follow the rituals and the practices of the Jewish faith, and and in in relation to the men in particular, that involved circumcision. Um, there was also some controversy about uh, table fellowship, whether it was right that Christians of Jewish background and Gentile background should sit down and eat together. And Paul uh, is very clear about this, and we learn quite a bit about the theology of the Apostle Paul from the way in which he responds um, to this controversy. Um, he makes it clear that the promise that was fulfilled in Jesus, the salvation that was available in him, really goes right back to the promise that God made to Abraham, really going right back to the beginning of the Bible and long before the law was given. And Paul explains uh, in Galatians um, how the salvation um, that Jesus brought uh, comes about and he talks about life in the spirit. And it is, I mean, it's particularly important that um, it's clear from what Paul writes that he saw the Holy Spirit as having a key role in salvation. So if we want to come to know God, if we want to know that salvation for ourselves, a relationship with the Holy Spirit is, is key. So Paul talks about the life in the Spirit. And then he comes in verses 22 and 23 um, to give us a list of the fruits of the Spirit. And I wanted to share particularly these verses because I think they tell us what the Spirit of God is like. We, When we read these verses, we very often think of them in terms of our own lives, don't we? We, um, we have a... Um, we, we read them like a sort of checklist on our own lives and we, as we read the list, we sort of score ourselves. So we say to ourselves, well... Um, you know, I'm, I'm not so bad at patience and 
and I'm okay on self-control, but joy, I'm not perhaps so good at that. Um, and we do score ourselves, and, and it's, it's not wrong, I suppose, to measure ourselves in that way and to see whether we think we measure up to um, what God wants of us. But I do think these verses also tell us a lot about the Holy Spirit himself. Because if this is the fruit that is brought forth in our lives, if the Spirit has his way in our lives, then of course we can expect this fruit to reflect the character of the Holy Spirit. If the product of a Spirit-filled life, if the product of somebody allowing the Spirit to have free reign in their lives is that these particular qualities are brought about, then of course we, we have to say that these qualities must reflect the character of the Holy Spirit. So as we, as we reflect on these fruits, we, we can see uh, what the Holy Spirit is like and we can begin to see um, how we can get to know his character. So let's look at the list. So love, first of all. Um, not surprising that the um, that love is a feature of the character of the Holy Spirit. God is love. God um, loves us perfectly. He wants what's best for us. Um, he wants constantly what is um, best for us. That leads into joy and also peace. Joy is, I guess, something that's in slightly short supply at the moment, isn't it? We, um, we're in this time of lockdown. People are, are worried about their health. They're worried about the, uh, the, the future of their employment or their business. Um, and we can't get out of the house as much as we'd like. And, and there is, um, I guess, joy is, is in somewhat short supply. Um, and yet the joy that is present in the life of God, in the life of the Holy Spirit, belongs on a different dimension, doesn't it? The, you can imagine that as a person within the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, uh, on a daily basis, has fellowship with the Father and the Son. There is, therefore, a deep joy, a deep sense that everything is right with the world. Um, that's true joy, isn't it? And, and the peace, peace, we know, is a word that denotes something more than just um, the absence of conflict. Peace denotes a, uh, a situation where everything is right with the world, where um, everything is in its proper place. And um, the Holy Spirit has that quality of peacefulness, where we know that everything is just as it should be. Patience. The Holy Spirit has to be patient with us, doesn't he? Um, there must be times when the Holy Spirit um, sees what we do and knows that we deserve um, uh, something that's not as good as what he actually offers us. He holds back. Kindness, a very topical, uh, a very topical feature at the moment, isn't it? Um, as people struggle with this um, lockdown, as people are 
confined to their homes, as people can't go about their ordinary lives, sometimes the way that we get through the day is just by expressing kindness to those around us, those that we live with. Um, just the little thoughts of, of being willing to do things for other people, for being sensitive to their needs. Um, kindness, when we're on the receiving end, and we know goes a long way, doesn't it? And we ought to be showing kindness to others. But the point here is that it's a key feature of the Spirit of God. God is kind towards us. Goodness is a moral quality, isn't it? It's, 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 um, it's a quality of um, being always looking for the best in people always wanting to see um, the best in other, uh, in other folks. Gentleness. Um, I, I'm not sure that it's easy to define gentleness other than perhaps to define it by, by its opposite. I wonder whether perhaps the opposite of gentleness is abrasiveness. Um, I sometimes have, uh, illustrate this by uh, a friend of mine had a gift given to him once he, his um, he had a special birthday and somebody gave him as a gift for his birthday a silver pocket watch. Uh, and this friend showed me the watch and the back of it was highly polished. You could almost see a face in it. And he explained that when he'd been given this pocket watch, as well as being given the watch, he'd also been given some instructions on how to look after it. And, and he'd been told that the most important thing was, was not to use anything abrasive on the back of this watch that would that would scratch the surface, that would dull it, um, but to use something that was gentle and that would polish the surface. Um, and I think sometimes that maybe that's a good illustration of gentleness in our lives. If, if we encounter somebody who is um, abrasive and who rubs us up the wrong way, um, that doesn't always do us any good. I, kn I know there are circumstances where sometimes we have um, we have rough edges that need to be knocked off us. We have um, rough edges that need to be perhaps smoothed away. But um, but what this speaks of here is is a gentleness which is um, treating us in a in a way that that actually brings out the very best in us that polishes us. Um, and that brings us to our very best. Faithfulness. How many sermons could we fill talking about the faithfulness of God? The whole, really, of the Bible is full of stories illustrating the faithfulness of God in many situations. God makes promises. He keeps his promises. He fulfills them. He does what he says he will do. And that's clearly a key quality of the Holy Spirit. And finally, self-control. Um, as I've said, it, it sort of goes along with patience, doesn't it? The Holy Spirit, sometimes you would imagine, um, would feel that we deserved punishment, that we deserve perhaps even to be cut off and abandoned by God because of the way we behaved. And yet he exercises self-control, restrains himself from treating us the way we deserve, and instead treats us with grace and mercy. That's been a really quick sort of whiz through the uh, gifts of the Spirit, sort of the, the, the fruit of the Spirit. Um, and um, 
what I'd like to invite you to do over the over the coming week, perhaps when you out for a walk or when you perhaps have a few moments to reflect, um, is to think on these fruits and and reflect on the list, and um, and perhaps don't necessarily just go through that checklist in your own life, but but instead think about what the list of fruits says about the character of the Holy Spirit, and think about how much you would like to get to know a person who exhibits all of these qualities um, and reflect on that as you get to know the Spirit of God better. And as we as we do reflect and as we as we get to know the Spirit better, maybe once we know him better then some of those other things that we thought about earlier um, might come along as well. So um, the gifts of the Spirit which um, perhaps are described in ways in the Bible that make them feel unfamiliar to us, we might actually discover some of those gifts in our own lives as we get to know the Spirit better. And if the Spirit has his way in our lives and produces the fruit that we've talked about and and confers upon us some of the gifts that we've seen, maybe our lives will be changed so much that actually that vivid powerful imagery of the the rushing wind and the tongues of fire, even that might in some small way be reflected uh, in our own lives. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. We thank you uh, that he came at Pentecost to empower the disciples to establish the early church. We pray that uh, as we come to know the Holy Spirit better, we pray that that would um, enrich our understanding, Lord, of you. We pray that we would become uh, more intimate with you and that the Holy Spirit himself will begin to bring forth this fruit in our lives. Amen.